inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. Today we'll hear lessons and stories from the performance world and that can be applied for business and from many of us. And from that, we have a very special guest who is Maria Teche. She's an actress, singer, keynote speaker, and voice and speech coach. Maria uses all her experience and techniques as a performer and voice and speech coach to empower business professionals and performers to take their public speaking and performance to the next level. Maria has coached for big companies such as KPMG, Ulster Bank, the Bank of Ireland, Ericsson, Novartis, Volkswagen, Johnson & Johnson, and, and many others. She wants you that instead of fear or dread, you will feel powerful, excited, and joyful when you think of the next presentation, meeting, or even an upcoming TED Talk. As she says, your voice is your body, and your body is your voice. Start working the work and let your light shine. Hello, Maria. Ciao, Oscar. Lovely to be here. It's great having you, Maria, and really intrigued to hear what you have to tell us, especially with, we'll talk about nerves, how to manage nerves. That's, that's the main mm. thing. But mm. first, I would like to hear a bit of you, how a performer, an actress, even on... on on movies I have seen, how you became, how you get motivated, how life led you to become a speaker and, and coach, especially coach in these days you help other people. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that um, the next step was quite logical for me in sharing the skills that I've been learning and all the experience that I've been accruing over the past 20 years as a performer and singer. And about five or six years ago, I've been coaching, I've been coaching for about 10 years, other actors and singers. And about five or six years ago, I was approached to coach a, a, someone who was in the realm of business. So I started coaching and I started getting more clients and more clients. And I realized that the techniques and skills that, that we take for granted as performers are hugely beneficial and useful to people in business and in the corporate sector. So this is something that I, I started getting really excited about because these skills, I believe that these skills should be for everyone, not just performers and singers. So this was, it was really exciting for me to think about creating a program for people who are in the corporate sector to conquer their nerves, but not only that, but to, to use their voice to regain confidence that they may have lost in their voice and how they deliver their messages and stories. Because everyone is a storyteller, no matter what it is you're talking about, whether it's the new advances in medical science or Q, Q1 statistics or whatever it is, it mm -hmm. could be even accounting, it doesn't matter. But this, you can make anything sound interesting and anything, you can talk about anything and engage your audience. And that is something that, I found in the business sector, in the corporate world, people were having huge problems with connecting with their audience and being memorable with their audience. So 
I have really started to go into these skills uh, full full throttle in the corporate sector. And of course, I'm still coaching my actors and singers as well. And one area started was coming up over and over again, and that is managing nerves when people are going into meetings, talking around the boardroom table, speaking at conferences, or giving webinars, because you know, and the rest of the world knows, I mean, we've got webina- webinars, more webinars than we ever want to even listen to again at the moment. <laughs> Everyone's doing webinars. So this live experience of communicating live with other people, and even if it's on Zoom, even if it's Zoom or, or, or on Google Teams or Google Meet, whatever it is, people are wanting to, they're wanting skills and techniques and support in how to perform at their best, how to be the best of themselves more of the time. So this is an area that I've been doing a few masterclasses in how to manage your nerves, because this is something that the first one I did sold out within two days. And then the second one I did sold out in three or four days. And so this tells me that there is a real need for these skills. So today, uh, that's something actually that I wanted to kind of spotlight today is a few strategies that people can use to help manage their nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Thanks for sharing your story and super interesting. And uh, b- before going that, you, you mentioned that, of course, some people started, you, I think you notice, tell me if you notice or people start asking you about the nerves and and tell me also what are the most, um, what are the main reasons people get nerve, get nervous when they are uh, about to perform or they are preparing for performing or, or speaking, leading meetings, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons that I started getting really into this area is because I suffered very bad panic attacks late in my career. So we're talking maybe six or seven years ago. And I had never experienced anything like that in my life. I had always been bulletproof mm-hmm. on stage. Being on stage was the most generous, most grounded place I knew in my entire life was being on stage. And I loved it. It was the place I felt most at home. And all of a sudden, and I still can't figure out what triggered this, because often it's a trigger. Something triggers this. I still, to this day, I'm still not quite sure what triggered it. But I started to experience what we as performers would call stage fright, which and the extreme of it, which is panic attacks on stage before and after, uh-huh. even think, even being in a theater brought on a panic attack for me. I could, I mean, I couldn't even go see theater shows. I would be so, I would have a panic attack when the show started for the, for the performers on stage. So my vision went, my, I couldn't see properly. My vision went, I couldn't hear. Everything went muffled. My body felt tingly and I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't connected to the stage. And Everything just went out the window. And I still, I don't know how I got through that show. We call it Dr. Theater. You always get through the show somehow because Dr. Theater comes to the rescue. Mm-hmm. As performers, we always have that. Mm-hmm. But, but this this was something that had never happened to me before. And it shook me. It really shook me to my core. And I didn't want to talk about it because if I talked about it, I felt like I would be giving it more power. And a lot of actors... 
and performers don't talk about it because they're afraid that in talking about it, it's going to make it more real. So it was hard to find people who would talk to me about this because I was afraid to talk about it. And we all know that if something, you're only as sick as your secrets. So this secret I was kind of holding. And finally, I did talk to one fellow actor about it. And he introduced me to NLP, which I had known about for a long time. But to use it for this particular uh, malady that I was suffering, I thought, wow, this is, this is really interesting. So I started using uh, one or two exercises from NLP. And then I started to realize how many other people suffered from this. And it's not just, you know, you job a day actors like me. I and mean, we're talking very, very famous, very accomplished actors who had notoriously suffered from this, but didn't talk about it. So this is why I became so interested in this. And as far as the the tips and techniques, the, the strategies for this, stage fright for me came from a place of fear. And I'm not quite sure what my fear was, but there was a huge, it was a place of fear rather than um, excitement. And Simon Sinek is a leadership coach who has taught, who has, he did a TED talk about nerves versus excitement. And this is something that made a lot of sense to me because coming from a place of fear is where the nerves is being afraid, being terrified of public speaking is not quite the same thing as being nervous. That's quite an, you know, it's, an, it's the next level is, is, is the fear of, of public speaking, but they all come from a place of lack and fear. Whereas excitement comes from a place of expectancy and possibility. So I started to, to I took Simon Sinek's uh, TED talk and I really started to run with that for myself in my work. And it made sense to me and it make and it makes a lot of sense to and all of my clients that I've worked with. It's, you know, these, these strategies that I share with my clients are about, it's about having a plan, having a plan of action and having a plan of action. Action kills, kills fear. Inaction feeds fear. So I thought to myself, okay, let's get them a plan of action. And this is also, you know, I was talking to myself at this point as well. What plan of action can I take to prepare myself for these situations? And a very wise coach once said to me, failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm -hmm. So I thought, right, okay, let's, let's get this down. So I created a plan. A pre pre talk or pre speech pre meeting plan during the meeting, and so I gave my clients a nice run up and all the steps that they needed to take to prepare themselves for the situation, so that when they're in that situation, they can confidently say to themselves, "I have everything I need right now. I have everything I need." So that's what um, these master classes that I started to do. Uh, I call them my nerves master classes. And basically, I give people my top five strategies for preparing for uh, for these communication situations. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So it started with with your your own story. Actually, no, you you needed that. You needed to um, mm. to manage yourself, your nerves. Yeah, I really thought that I was going to have to give up performing. I wow. thought I would have to give up doing what 
I loved what I most loved in the world, mm. which was performing and being on stage. And I really thought, I said, my God, this is it. I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to give up doing this. And that just was, it was terrifying. Like I couldn't, I just thought I can't, I can't, I'm going to have to find a way around this. And they say necessity is the mother of invention, mm, but boy, yes. that was definitely the case in, in, in my case. Yes, and great that you found it. You found it for yourself, and now you are helping others. So please, now, you, if you can share with us those strategies, your top strategies for managing nerves that can be applied for, for any of us in many situations. Yes, and I think it's it, that what you've just said there is very important to keep in mind, which is that you can use these strategies and techniques in any situation. So we're talking phone calls meetings board around the boardroom meeting with clients giving a webinar doing a zoom presentation or being on stage at a conference representing yourself or your company so it's important to remember that you can use these these techniques in in all situations or speaking at a wedding giving the best man speech at a wedding or the eulogy at a funeral these these strategies and techniques They, they bleed into all areas of our lives. So all areas where we want to feel confident, where we want to feel generous, where we want to be generous with our story, where we want to feel strong and to enjoy that moment of communication. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I want my clients to actually enjoy giving these presentations or giving this speech or having this communication Because if you're not enjoying it, then it's just you're hanging on, you're just white knuckling it. And that's no good either. So that is one of the, another one of the aims of these strategies is to help people to find a way to actually maybe enjoy that communication with that person or with those people. Okay, so first off, my first stop in any situation is breathing. Mm -hmm. Breathing is so important because when we're having all those panic thoughts up in our head, we're up in our head. It's, you're up in this place where your brain is telling you this is a dangerous situation. It's that fight or flight mechanism that, that gets kicked off. The amygdala is that little reptilian part of the brain that still exists in our little noggin up here. And that's the fight or flight instinct. So when your brain perceives a situation as dangerous, it goes, okay, you've got to start swinging or you got to run away, one of the two. And of course you can't do either one. So you get, your body freaks out and it, it gets paralyzed. So breathing is important because what breathing does and breathing is the cornerstone for all great communication. It gives you a lot of bang for your buck. So breathing, and, and not all breathing is created equal. We're talking breathing down into the lower belly into that deep place of power, a place of groundedness and a place of center. And when you bring, bring your attention down into that lower place, you get out of your head where all those, all those fear thoughts are going on and you center yourself back down into your body, which is a place of power. Because your brain is telling you all kinds of stuff that isn't true. It's telling you this is a dangerous situation and it's doing its job. It thinks it's helping, but it isn't in this particular situation. 
So taking a breath and bringing, but having that breath, that deep, well, there's a fancy name, diaphragmatic breathing, but really it's just belly breathing. Yes. And that helps you to, number one, it helps to, it helps to trick your body into thinking that, well, maybe actually I'm okay. Maybe I'm okay. And it helps to relax you. Now, this is not, now I, I'll, I'll say this before I go any further. These tools are for managing nervous energy. This is not about just, you know, all of a sudden you're going to change the way you're feeling in an instant. It's not like, you know, there's no magic bullet for nerves. It's practicing these techniques. So it's about managing that energy in the moment and channeling it in a way that is going to be much more useful for you. Okay, so bringing the breath down and breathing also, it helps to ground you. It helps to fuel your voice because often what happens when we get nervous is we our voice shakes or our hands shake or maybe a leg starts to go. And it's your body responding to all that adrenaline because that's actually what's happening is you're just getting a bump of adrenaline in your body. So recognize that for what it is. And that's all it is. It's your body responding to the situation. So you're getting a little bump of adrenaline. So let's manage that adrenaline. And breathing is the first way to do that. Mm -hmm. Again, it helps to support your voice. So if you do feel like your voice is shaking, it can steady your voice. And also it helps to fuel the voice, supports the voice. It fuels clear thinking. So breathing gives you a lot of bang for your buck. And it also helps you to be more present in that moment. Because really all we have is that moment. Because mm -hmm. your head is flying ahead or it's thinking about all these past experiences that you've had. So we need to come back into the moment. And breath is a great way to center and ground yourself in the moment. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one, and this is a big one, is practice and preparation. Making a plan. So getting good breathing technique, and that is something that you need to practice. And it's, you know, you need to get someone to help you get back to that breathing. The second one is practice and prep and making a plan. So this is loading up your toolbox. We're talking vocal skills, your physical presence skills. And it's also warming up and getting in the zone. So having a little warm up for yourself. And trust me, all great speakers do something before they go on stage. Everybody does something from Tony Robbins to Simon Sinek to Brendan Burchard to Barack Obama. It doesn't matter who you are. Everyone does something, whether it's sitting quietly for a few minutes, whether it's closing their eyes, whether it's warming up their body, everybody does something. And all actors and singers warm up because you got to get your muscles ready to perform, ready to be ready to respond. And that also is about releasing tension as well, because tension is your voice's worst enemy. And nerves love tension because your <laughs> muscles are tense and they've got nowhere to go. And that adrenaline lodges itself in those tense muscles. And that's when you start to shake. But, you know, feeling that adrenaline, I think it's important to recognize when you're feeling this bump of adrenaline or what we feel as nerves sometimes, it means that you care. It means that you care about what you're about to do. And that's a good thing. So it's managing that energy and channeling it in such a way that is more positive rather than negative. Okay, so getting that toolbox 
full of tools and techniques that you can use before you go into that session and also during. And again, breathing is something you can do during that's that communication session as well. So having a plan of action, having a plan of preparation beforehand. Rituals are really, really useful because your body gets used to doing that warm up or going through that little plan of preparation. And it knows, okay, great, we're going through this, this preparation time. So that means I'm going into a communication situation. Okay, that means I'm ready now. And also when you practice, you practice your words, but purposefully practicing those words. So choose what techniques you're using. Are you breathing? Are you using your hands? Is it eye contact that you're working on? Is it changing up the pitch in your voice so it doesn't, it's not flat, monotone? It's being specific about what you are practicing and why. So this is important. The practice and prep is very important. And it's about getting that toolbox and filling up that arsenal of communication weapons that you can use beforehand to prepare and also during your presentation. Okay, so we've got breathing. We've got practice and preparation, making a plan. The third one is your mindset. So I barely, I, I just touched on that briefly previously, and that is that your brain is telling you, again, your brain is telling you that this situation mm-hmm. is, is life or death. <laughs> because that's what your brain thinks is going to happen because your body it's it it sends that message to your body and you know yeah sometimes when we um when we feel nervous you know you feel nauseous you say people say you've got butterflies <laughs> in your stomach well that's because your belly is your second brain we call uh, it's called the second brain your brain and your belly have these are linked with these mm-hmm. nerve endings so that's why you feel sick sometimes because your brain is going, okay, we need to prepare here for danger. But the truth is the lion is not coming around the corner to pounce on you. It's just that your brain <laughs> thinks that it might. Wrong signal. So, yeah. <laughs> so we need to just tell the brain, we need to kind of break down, okay, this is what you think is happening, but we know this to be true and look at the facts of the situation. We know this to be true. So the line coming around the corner, that can't be true. So it's about looking at how you are feeling, the thought you're having, disproving that thought, and also looking at what is true, which is actually I'm okay. I have everything I need right now. So it's a process of, we call them limiting beliefs. It's an NLP term, and it's an exercise that we go through. And that mindset is very important because it's changing that fight or flight response and looking at actually looking at the reality of the situation and channeling that energy in a way that says okay i'm going to i'm going to i know that i'm i'm still you know i'm feeling a bit of adrenaline and that's okay because again it means you care and it's using that fuel that your body has created whether you like it or not your body's created that fuel so the choice is okay how am i going to use it So it's being conscious of, okay, I'm going to channel this into supporting my voice. I'm going to make sure that I'm breathing and I'm supporting that voice. Maybe I might speak speaking a little bit louder than normal. That's okay. Again, it's not about perfection. It's about managing that moment and managing the energy 
in that moment. So thoughts, reframing those thoughts to see what the truth is. Okay, so we've got breathing. We've got the practice and prep, which is making a plan of action. And the third one is your mindset, looking at those thoughts and the reality and the truth of those thoughts. And the fourth one is to remember that it's not about you. It's about your audience. In that moment, now all the practice, the preparation, any work you do with the coach, that is all about you. But when you get into that communication situation, no matter what your agenda is and what result you want, the audience has got to feel like it's about them. Audiences are really smart. They can feel when you are, for instance, trying to be interesting rather than being interested in them. So there's a difference between trying to be interesting and being interested. Mm -hmm. So remember, it's not about you. It's actually about how generous you can be with your audience, with what you have to give in that moment. Because audiences are selfish. They want it to be, it's not a good or bad thing. But as an audience, we want to know what's in it for us. Because the question every audience is asking themselves is what's in it for me? So the audience has got to feel like it's about them. You've got to have, you've got to be thinking this is not about me. It's about what I can give to this audience. What can they take away that's going to be useful for them, even if it's bad news? The audience still might need to know Mm -hmm. that news. So this is a really good one. And this also helps in the moment, in a communication, in a meeting, in a speech, or at a conference. When you feel like you're starting to wonder, oh, are are they thinking that I'm I'm good? Do they like me? Uh, Do they think I'm good at what I'm talking about? Do they think I'm an authority? When all those thoughts start to come in, That's when I go, right, hang on a second. It's not about you. It's not about you being liked. It's not about what the audience thinks about you. It's having them tell you how brilliant you are. It's not about any of those things. It's actually about, it's not about you. It's actually about the audience and how generous you can be in that moment with that audience. That is irresistible to an audience that is so sexy to an audience them feeling like you were there for them mm-hmm. then you've got a lot better chance of that audience listening to you okay so that's the fourth one and the fifth one the word of the day is always generosity and i mentioned this in it's not about you and it's about the audience It's about generosity and sitting back into that knowledge that you have prepared, you have practiced, you have everything you need in that moment. And now forget, now you're home, leave your homework at the door because you've practiced and practiced and you've prepared. Now be generous with us. Take the spotlight off of yourself and put it on us, the audience. And just think, how can how generous can I be today with this audience? And give us everything. Don't hold anything back for yourself. Give it all. As we say, leave it all on the stage. Don't mm-hmm. take any away with you. So those are my five strategies 
And there's actually, there's a bonus one. And that is what I said in, it's not about you. The bonus one is be interested and not try to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Do you know those guys that get up there and they're like, you know, they're cheeky chappies and they get up there and they think they're trying to be funny and, and entertain. You know, audiences are really smart. They're really smart. They feel everything. And what you, excuse me, what you are up there is what we get down in the audience. So if you're trying to be interesting and and dark or interesting and funny, and I mean, humor is great, don't get me wrong. But when you are trying to, when you're making it about you being funny mm -hmm. and how funny you are and how great you are, audiences really turn off because they know and they feel it. Yeah, the audience will, will notice and that will not be... That's going to be end of the fun. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, you will lose them. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you have, you have illustrated pretty well in your five points. Uh, I like a lot the last part that you said, it's about the audience, actually. Yeah, it's mm. good and agree yeah. into that. And and I, you know, mm -hmm. But you know also, I think, Oscar, that takes the pressure off of you. Yes. It takes the pressure off of you and turns the spotlight. Yes, you are in the spotlight because you're speaking, but it turns the spotlight onto your audience and it shines that warm glow onto them. And audiences love that. They love it. Yeah, and it takes the pressure off of you to be perfect or to be liked or to be told that you're amazing. It just simplifies everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And another thing I like you mentioned that many you mentioned with some names, some of the well known speakers. Mm. They do that preparation, some type of preparation like the examples you give. And that's that's something not not we don't think of all the time. Many people don't think of that because okay, this person is good, he's a good speaker and he, he or she comes immediately and starts speaking. Well that's that's not completely true. <laughs> They have done. This oh yeah, <laughs> I, I remember. Uh, I heard Tony Robbins um, speak once. To, for those of you who don't know who Tony Robbins is, he's this sort of motivational speaker and a coach. He's very famous and has been around for, I'd say, 30 years mm -hmm. in, in this particular uh, area. Someone asked him how long he did. I think it was uh, an hour, hour or two. He was speaking, mm -hmm. and they said, "Well, you know, how long did you work on this? You know, a few weeks." And he looked at them and he said, a year. <laughs> you know, I mean, trust me, guys, great speakers are made, are made. They are not born. People work very hard to make it look effortless. Mm -hmm. They do. And, you know, hard work is, but, you know, it's working smart. I think that, you, you know, people, I think it's, it's important to recognize that it's, it's not about just, practicing the same words over and over and over again it's it's working smart so it's being specific about what you're practicing because each person is going to have different tools that will resonate with them and that's what a good coach does is a good coach finds the keys to open each client mm -hmm. and that each client gets to take away those specific keys for them mm -hmm. to practice and each person will be different exactly yes Yes, yes, yes. Okay, excellent. You have told us very solid, very interesting piece of advice about managing nerves. But now uh, I would like to ask you also, as you, you are a voice coach as well, 
if you can give us at least share one one tip in which that you know that you have seen working with so many people that many people ignore one one simple practical tip about voice one one specific what was it yeah one one tip oh one tip that, yeah, okay yeah yes oh <laughs> people hate me about breathe hmm. breathe 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 Breathe, breathe, breathe. You know, I I cannot, people get sick of me banging on about breath, but it really is the key and the it's the cornerstone and the building block, the main building block of all great vocal work. Because if you are not breathing, there's no support for your voice. There's no support for the choices that you make when you speak. There's no support for clear thinking. And there's no support for grounding and centering you so you can be that speaker that you want to be, that engaging, authentic, exciting speaker that you know is inside of you. But breath is where it all begins. And it's so easy to forget about breath because your body does it anyway. It doesn't mm -hmm. just keep you ticking over. So I would say breathe. That is my first and my my go-to It's it's the, it's where it all begins is breathing. Yes, exactly. Not only for for nerves as was was your first point, but yeah, for for everything else that you need to, in performing or speaking. It's is is yeah. It's top. it's where to to start. It's the starting point for mm. everything. And then you've got all of the physical techniques. You've got the vocal techniques. You've got planning, and you've got your preparation. You've got all the other things. But if breath underpins that, you get so much more value out of those techniques. Yes, couldn't agree more, uh, Maria. Please now, could you share with us what is your favorite quotation? My favorite quotation? Yes. Oh, gosh. I think it would have to be... Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I think Benjamin Zander, who is a conductor, he conducted mm -hmm. the Boston Symphony Orchestra for years, and I'm from Boston. He said, a leader is someone who awakens possibility in the people around them. Mm -hmm. Possibilities. A leader is someone who awakens possibility in the people around them. Yeah. I really like that one. Oh, well, I have to say this one as well. Maya Angelou was one of my absolute heroes. She said, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But they will never forget how you made them feel. <laughs> exactly. That's another one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely a really good one as well. Could you now recommend us one book that has particularly inspired you, influential for you? And well, it's a good. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm an, I'm an avid reader. I devour books. There's a wonderful, <laughs> I've got it here actually. There's, uh, he, he's, he's called a redactive poet, which I didn't even know existed. His name is Austin Cleon. And he wrote this beautiful little book called Steal Like an Artist. Uh huh. It's this brilliant little book about. I mean, yes, it's about filmmakers and artists and writers, but it's also about, it really can apply to anyone. And the, the premise of the book is about how we, there's, there are no originals. We are all mm -hmm. a conglomeration of everything we've ever seen, heard, or experienced. And it makes us who we are. And it makes us who we are as people and as creative artists. And there's a wonderful quote from Francis Ford Coppola, the, the film director. Mm -hmm. And he said, we want you to take from us. We want you at first to steal from us because you can't steal. 
you will take what we give you and you will put it in your own voice. And that's how you will find your voice. And that's how you begin. And then one day someone will steal from you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it is. You know, and, and with public speaking, this is so important because you you know, watch people, watch your heroes, watch mm. the people who you go, I really that person, they look and sound like they are they're knocking it out of the park. Watch them. See what are they doing that is working. And then try it for yourself. Try it for yourself. And it might not work for you or it might work for mm -hmm. you. But this, you know, it's a process of discovery and curiosity and adventure. And that is something that I feel every day I coach. I love that because every day is a new adventure with new clients. So watch other people. Mm -hmm. If they're doing something you like, steal it, try it for yourself. <laughs> steal like an artist. <laughs> steal like an artist. Yeah, Austin <laughs> Cleon. It's a wonderful, it's a little book, a little square book. And uh, it's, it's a very inspiring and it's a lot of fun to read. Yeah, I definitely read, will read that. I have heard that that title before and, and now I'm even more intrigued with your description. <laughs> so finally, please, Maria, tell us, share with us an exercise, something practical that we could do regularly, a routine to shine. An exercise? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, my go-to is, is again, it's centering my breath, but it's also, um, I have... Breathing is one thing. So sitting and making sure my breath is centered down in my lower belly. That's, that's, that's my first stop. But there's also one of my favorite ones and my clients love this because it's just, it makes them laugh so much is tongue stretches. That's actually my go-to tool is tongue stretches. It's, it's part of the uh, releasing tension mm -hmm. exercises that I do. And it's, you put the tip of the tongue behind your bottom teeth and you stretch the middle of your tongue forward like a cat and it stretches the tongue and releases the tension in the back of your tongue. So tongue stretches mm. would have to be my, oh. my go-to. Now don't do, no, don't do those at your desk. Those are, you know, do them in the toilet cubicle before you go on yeah, stage. Or whatever. Yeah. Do them in the dressing room before you go on stage. <laughs> yes. At least nobody in this in this podcast has recommended that, so definitely it's it's, it's oh it's really a good okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think I have seen in some uh, in some movies like uh, like the voice um, voice artists doing doing this kind of things. It looks funny, but yeah, I'm absolutely I'm sure it's very very useful. <clears throat> so time to start doing that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's just time to start doing your tongue stretches, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun oh thank you so much for for this super interesting interview maria please tell us how people can continue this conversation with you so how to find you yeah oh please you know get in touch because i am always <clears throat> always interested in having calls with people to hear where people are what their challenges are and how I might be able to help them. So I have a website, mariateche.com. And my name, my last name is spelled T-E-C-C-E. -E. So it's mariateche.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram and Facebook. And I am a big into LinkedIn. So please feel free, look me up on LinkedIn, send me a message. And you can, on my website, you can also uh, book a consultation. And that is, you can just click book a consultation on, on the site. And that will take you to my Uh, Calendly page. But you know, I really love to hear from people. I love it when people 
uh, direct message me and say, look, this is this is what's ha- what's happening with me. Can we have a call? And I love that. And, you know, it's not about mm-hmm. it's about how what I have that I can give to you that might be helpful. And that is so important because it's about being of service, really, mm-hmm. to people with what I've learned, experienced, everything that I have in my arsenal for 20 years. And that excites me, having conversations with people. So please feel free. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find my website. Just message me and tell me what's going on and make, you know, make, make a time for us to, to have a chat. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Thanks a lot for your offer, Maria. It's been a pleasure again, and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Oscar. It's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 